Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Taking Care of Us podcast. So the last few episodes have been pretty, I don't know, heavy. I feel like I've covered some fairly high-level concepts, and so I decided today to bring things down a couple notches and use this episode to discuss a topic that I think becomes even more relevant as we move into the holiday season. Every year when the holidays roll around, so many of us let our physical health start to slide. We tend to eat more, especially more sugar, sweets, um, baked goods. I don't know about you guys, but at my house, we went through more sugar and flour and butter this Thanksgiving than ever before. And now my oldest daughter is getting into baking, which is just great for her, but not so great for my body. Ugh. And think about it, the amount of exercise we get tends to kind of take a nosedive as it starts to get darker and colder outside. If you're anything like me, the idea of just hibernating starts to feel more natural than going out and getting exercise during these dark, cold months. And then on top of that, there's COVID and stay-at-home orders and the stress of getting sick or the fear of our loved ones being ill or becoming ill which is yet another reason to eat more unhealthy foods. And then also the gyms are closed, which makes exercise more difficult right now, especially as it gets darker and colder outside and exercising outside doesn't sound quite as appealing. So that all sounds really depressing, but I say it just to point out that the decks are kind of stacked against our physical health right now. Now, I realize that if you are listening to this podcast, chances are that you already know all of this on some level. But caring for his physical health, it's really important for a lot of reasons, maybe now more than ever. COVID might make it more difficult for many of us, but to manage the challenges of life during COVID, we really need our physical bodies to be at their best. So for me, the status of my mental and emotional health is really closely linked to the status of my physical health. So if I make a point of exercising, of eating well, of sleeping well, not only does my body feel a lot better, but the positive results really spill over into my mental and emotional health as well. So when I'm caring for my body, I end up being mentally and emotionally able to handle all the challenges that come my way. And unfortunately, the opposite is true as well. If I'm not feeling well for any reason, I have a tendency towards my more unhealthy habits. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's kind of a cycle, right? Eating poorly and not exercising, that makes me feel tired and sluggish. Um, it also leads to kind of a low mood, feeling down. I might feel more irritable. And then feeling tired, down, sluggish, irritable. Those feelings make me want to eat junk food and lie on the couch. And then eating junk food and lying on the couch make me feel tired and sluggish. See, and then the cycle just continues. And on top of all of that, during these times, I don't tend to sleep well. By these times, I mean when I'm not taking care of my body. I don't tend to sleep as well then. Um, and then I don't have the energy to um, do things like journaling or meditating 
um, which are things that I know support my mental and emotional health. So you can see how that spiral just keeps on going. So I want to talk a little bit today about how we can try to keep our current focus on physical health during this holiday season, as well as into this winter season. And as I talk about physical health, I want to break it down into three categories and talk about these three categories. The first is um, exercise, physical activity. The second is sleep. And the third is nutrition. So let's start with exercise, with physical activity. Without question, regular exercise is good for our health, right? I think we all know that. We may not like it, but I think we all know it. It's good for our physical, our mental, and our emotional health. All of you know how beneficial it is for your mind and body. You know how much better you feel when you're getting regular exercise. So why is it that we let it slip during this time of year? And why is it often the first thing we let go of when we're feeling really stressed or tired? Now you each listening could make your own list of reasons you let exercise slip during these times, right? You might say it's cold out, the gyms are closed, I don't feel like it, I'm too tired, I'll do it tomorrow. But this holiday season, we need exercise more than ever. We need to keep our minds and our bodies as strong as possible so that we're armed and able to battle the physical, mental, and emotional stressors that are being thrown at us right now. If we want to take care of ourselves, taking care of our physical bodies needs to be a priority. You deserve it. You deserve to feel good and to have energy. Do you remember how I talked in one of the previous episodes about your future self? Well, she or he would really love for you to think about how you can take care of your body right now. Your future self would love for you to make a plan and to stick to it. So what physical activity can you commit to doing over the next six weeks? I picked six weeks out of thin air. It's, I'd say, over the next four to eight weeks. It doesn't have to be long, intense workouts, right? It doesn't need to be a giant commitment, but just moving your body. Walking is great. I am generally pretty active. I love to run. I love to bike. But there are definitely days when I just don't feel like it. And then that little voice in my head, not the helpful positive voice, but the whiny lazy one, that voice will come up with all kinds of excuses. And that voice can be really loud and really convincing sometimes. But regardless of that little annoying voice, I can almost always convince myself to just go for a walk. I put on a good podcast, something I'm excited to listen to. Maybe I put on some music. I bundle up and I head out. And I will tell you guys, I have never once gotten home from a walk and thought to myself, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. It's always worth it every single time. And maybe I only walk for 10 minutes, but it usually turns into a 30 or 60 minute walk because I'm enjoying myself. I enjoy listening to the podcast. I like being outside. And if I bundle up well enough, even if it's cold, I'm fine. And then afterward, I feel much better. So take that little voice in my head. So how are we supposed to motivate when we just don't feel like it? I like to think about the brain a bit when I'm thinking through this. 
The part of our brain that we use when we're planning things, the prefrontal cortex, that part of our brain tends to make better decisions than the part of our brain we have to use in the moment when it's actually time to go exercise. The prefrontal cortex, it's much more responsible than that little voice in your head saying that it's too cold out or you're just too tired today. And when you're thinking about and planning exercise, the prefrontal is much stronger and louder than that little voice telling you not to go. I don't even hear the little voice at all when I'm making my plan for exercise tomorrow. But in the moment when it's actually time to go, there's that little voice again reminding me how cold it is outside. So as an example, you might plan that you're going to go for a walk at the end of your workday on, say, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Great plan. You feel good about it. You have the time. Your shoes are ready. Your coat, you know where it is. Your hat. You've got a podcast all picked out. Monday, you do the walk, and it goes great, and you're feeling great about yourself. But then Wednesday rolls around, and it's cold and cloudy and gloomy outside. You're tired after work, and you'd so much rather take a nap than go out and walk on this gloomy day. So in this moment, you're using a much lower level thinking part of your brain to make that decision. It's that part of your brain that wants to conserve energy and wants you to just be safe and be cozy on your couch. This part of your brain is very likely not going to make the right choice if it's left to its own devices. So you can't let that part of your brain take charge here. You need to anticipate what it's going to say to you, and you need to be prepared to respond to it. So for this reason, it can be really helpful to plan your exercise in advance, and then you have to practice doing what you plan, even when the lower part of your brain tells you to curl up on the couch instead of going for a walk. You just tell your lower brain, hey, I hear you. Yes, it's cold outside, but I'm going anyway. It really helps when you have a plan and when you have things ready. Have a podcast or an audiobook picked out or plan to call a friend or a family member while you walk. Okay, so you're going to plan. You're going to know that the brain is going to try to talk you out of it, but you're going to follow through anyway. Do not negotiate with yourself in the moment. The little voice is not rational and it will trick you. Do not trust it. So let's move to talking about sleep for a bit. Sleep is a big deal for me. If I don't sleep well one night, or if I'm not sleeping well in general, I have a tendency to be a bit more um, emotional. I'm grouchy, I'm irritable, and I don't think my most creative, productive, or positive thoughts. So most of you probably know that adults need about seven to nine hours of sleep on a normal night. Are you finding that you're able to get that much right now? Guys, many of us are really stressed out right now. Our brains and our bodies are having to process more than they did before COVID happened. And I've heard several of you report that it feels like your body needs more sleep right now. So honor this if you're feeling it. So while we're sleeping, our brains are engaged in activities that are not only necessary for our survival, but what the brain does while asleep, it also has a really profound impact on our quality of life. So the amount and quality of sleep that you get, it affects your brain's ability to adapt and to process. When we don't sleep well, we are less able to process 
all of those things that we learn throughout the day. And we end up having more trouble retaining and remembering those things into the future. Researchers also believe that sleep, it might promote the removal of waste cells, waste from our brain cells, um, which is really important. And it's something that doesn't seem to occur as well while we're awake. So I'm not a sleep scientist, and I really don't have the knowledge to go in depth about the importance of sleep to our brain. But I do know that sleep is also important to your physical body. I can remember exactly where I was when I learned about that study done that linked sleep to obesity. It was a, it was a lot of years ago, a long time ago. I was still living in Colorado. I was driving to work on Highway I-70, um, and I heard it on NPR, um, the results of this study. And it's so interesting to me to think back to how I was kind of shocked by that. It really didn't make sense to me when I first heard it. Um, and it's so funny to think about because now it seems so very obvious that obesity and sleep would be linked because we've learned so much about it. We know that when people don't get enough sleep, their health risks rise, immunity's compromised, chronic conditions worsen. I read recently on some blog post that even one night of missed sleep can create um, a somewhat of a pre-diabetic pre state in an otherwise healthy person, which is crazy. Sleep is a big deal. And right now, many of us need more sleep than ever before. So what can you do to improve your quality of sleep right now? I have a few ideas I'd like to pass on to you. The first one, and these are in no particular order, but limiting caffeine, especially afternoon. Um, we all know this, but it's hard, right? But caffeine, it not only makes it harder to fall asleep, but it also really hurts the quality of sleep we get. So another idea I wanna pass on is to really understand how light affects your circadian rhythms. Our bodies use light and dark cycles of the earth to regulate our circadian rhythms, right? And man-made light can really mess that up and it can disrupt our sleep. So first of all, I think it's really important to try to get natural sunlight whenever you can. That tells your body that it's daytime and it's time to be awake. And right now, as it gets darker and colder, we find ourselves being out in the sun less often. There's also just less sun out there and that can mess up our rhythms. So if you found um, sleep being more disturbed recently, that's typical for a lot of people as it starts to get darker and we go through that shift. But get outside when you can. Any bit of sunlight can really help with this. And then as it becomes evening and you're starting to wind down, you wanna turn the lights down in your home. So a lot of us will watch TV or stare at our phone or stare at our tablet right before bed. But what happens when you do this is that your eyes are interpreting the light from the screen as a sign that, it, that it's daytime still. And that really messes up with those circadian rhythms as well. Um, so if you can use blue shade on your screens or make the screen less bright, that can help. But best case scenario, just don't watch any screens for at least 30 to 60 minutes before bed. And then along with that, you wanna make sure that your bedroom is dark when you are going to sleep. So another idea with sleep is that eating well and exercising can really improve the quality of your sleep. So all of this is a, is a, it all comes full circle around. And in terms of exercise, it's usually best to not exercise right before bedtime. Some people are more sensitive to that than others, but pay attention to your body and know that in general, regular exercise really does improve your sleep. Another idea is to consider cutting down, cutting back on the booze. 
Um, we all love our glasses of wine and our cocktails, especially around the holidays, I know. Um, but it's important to know that alcohol negatively impacts sleep. It just does. It's a bummer, but it just does. I'm not going to go into detail because then you're all going to be irritated, but it's just important to know it. I still drink sometimes, but at least I go into it knowing that my quality of sleep is going to be affected. Um, and lastly, having a bedtime routine can be really helpful. Um, try to go to bed around the same time each night. Your body can get used to that and it makes it easier to fall asleep and it improves how much deep sleep you get. Um, it's good to start with an activity like reading, I don't know, snuggling with your pet, taking a bath, whatever you do to kind of tell your body it's time to wind down. All right, let's pivot to nutrition. So eating well is the last piece we'll talk about today. And it's so important because when you choose the right foods, they can provide fuel for your body so that you feel the energy that you need in order to be at your best. And during a normal year, we might feel a little guilty about all the junk we eat around the holidays. Maybe we gain a few pounds and feel a little sluggish. But then the holiday season ends, New Year's arrives, and we commit to eating better and feeling better. No big deal, right? But this year, this year is different. We've been in stress and anxiety mode since March. We've been eating our feelings for months and making excuses for all of the poor food choices we're making. I mean, of course we needed to eat that entire pizza. So this year, adding the holiday eating frenzy that usually occurs could be a little more worrisome than normal. You know your body, you know your habits, you know the good ones and the bad ones, and only you know how different foods affect the health and vitality of your body. We already feel crummy more frequently than we do in normal years, so maybe, just maybe, consider eating foods this holiday season that actually fuel your body. Foods that give you energy, make you feel good, I know that's no easy task, but I'm going to pass along a few ideas um, I want you to think about in relation to healthy eating. First of all, I am a huge Michael Pollan fan, and I have been for a long time. I love what he says. Um, it's so simple. He says that everything he's learned about food and health can be summed up in seven words. So I'll read them to you. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. I love that. Eat food not too much, mostly plants. And when he says eat food, he's talking about the quality of what you put into your mouth. A lot of the quote unquote foods that we eat today don't fall under Michael Pollan's definition of food. He's talking about real food, whole foods, things with maybe five or fewer ingredients, foods you could make at home or you do make at home. So processed or packaged foods are not as good for you. And they tend to contain a lot more like sugar, salt, um, and just the junk that we don't want in our bodies. And I know we all know this, but it can sometimes be really tough to remember and tough to practice, especially when we're busy, when we're stressed, if we've got kids at home. But fruits, vegetables, and most whole grains are almost always a good bet. My second piece to pass along is to notice how certain foods make you feel. It's really natural to indulge during the holiday season, and that's okay, but can you do it in a way that doesn't zap your energy? So that involves you listening to your body. Um, so for me, if I want something sweet, I'll often choose something like a coconut or almond milk ice cream 
there's some delicious ones out there. I'll do that rather than a cake or cookies or pie because for me, processed flour tends to make my body feel really tired. I feel super sluggish and gross and I don't like it. The ice cream isn't good for me and it does contain a ton of sugar and I don't feel great afterwards, but if I want to indulge, that's one way I can do it without feeling just quite as gross. Um, and each of us is really different, right? That your body is going to react to things differently than mine does, but you have to learn to listen to what your body tells you. And our bodies talk to us through our energy levels, our pain, our weight gain, inflammation. So you have to learn to listen to it and make choices based on what your body is telling you. Um, next, kind of like I talked about with exercise, you have to know that your cravings in the moment will often be different than what you have planned to eat. You have to be ready for that little voice inside of your head telling you to eat all of the cookies. And you have to know that the lower level thinking part of your brain has different priorities than the planful and higher level thinking part of your brain. And also remember that the lower level thinking part of your brain is the part that will be online when you're stressed, tired, or really hungry and it will often deceive you. And it makes it really hard for many of us to make choices in the moment that are in alignment with who we want to be. So splurges are completely fine and you should plan them into your life. But don't let your lower brain call the shots. Meaning if you would plan to have a cookie after lunch, but then you plan no more sweets for the rest of the day, don't let your lower brain talk you into the ice cream after dinner. You might crave that ice cream after dinner, and that little voice inside your head is going to make a solid case for why you should definitely eat it just this one time. If you eat it, you're letting your lower brain call the shots. And if it learns it can get you to say yes, it's going to be all the more powerful next time. Think about it this way. Think about a four-year-old in a candy aisle. If you tell him no candy and you keep saying no candy, no candy, but then you give in after he screams and throws a big old fit, what do you think is going to happen next time with that four-year-old in the candy aisle? Because now he knows that his fit worked. Think of your brain that same way and don't give in to its tantrums. Um, also, make a plan ahead of time for what and how you want to eat. For some of you, this can be super general. And some of you should make a much more specific daily plan. It really depends on your relationship with food and what you want your current goals to be. So another piece um, I think is really important and has really helped me is to know that refined sugars and refined flours can really mess with your body's ability to regulate its hunger. Um, there are a lot of complicated systems at play that maybe I'll try to talk about in future episodes, but I want you to know that when sugar and refined flour are regular parts of your diet, your hunger levels and your cravings are going to be a little bit out of whack from what your body's normal levels and cravings would be. And lastly, know that you might crave certain foods during the cold and dark months, and they might be different than what you would crave in the spring or in the summer. This is really normal. So plan for healthy foods that might satisfy those cravings that you have. At our house, smoothies are a favorite um, or banana ice cream. If you've never made banana ice cream, you're missing out. It is amazing. You just freeze some banana chunks in the freezer and then you put, your min put them in your high-speed blender and they turn into ice cream. It's crazy and amazing. All right, friends, that is all I have for you today. 
So taking care of physical health can be challenging at times, but I hope you agree that it is very worth it. I personally am going to focus on my exercise, my sleep, and my nutrition over this holiday season as well as the next couple of months. And I hope you will consider focusing on them as well. Along with that, I would love to hear from any of you about how you're planning to take care of your body these next few months. Shoot me an email with your goals, your thoughts, your ideas. I would love to hear from you about this. All right. Happy December, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.